livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashat Tasiriya, and this Parashat deals with the laws of uh, the Tzaraz. And Tzaraz was a malady that happened to the Jewish people in the times of the Mishkan, in the times of the Temple, in which they got in their skin a type of uh, leprosy. It's not a physical leprosy. It didn't come from a physical uh, dermatologic problem. It actually came from a spiritual problem. So this, this uh, week, this parashat Saras, uh, tells us and it teaches us that this, this malady that was shown in the skin and sometimes it was shown in the, in the furniture of the house and even in the walls of the home came from, from Lashonara. So what is Lashonara? Lashonara means that a person speaks about another person. Uh, in Jewish uh, religion, it is forbidden to speak about other people. And it's funny because I remember many years ago, telling you 28 years ago, there had been a series of uh, tragedies that had happened in our community in, uh, in Colombia. And, um, and uh, a, a very big rabbi came to Colombia to, to visit uh, for the Shiva. And uh, he came and spoke about Lashonara. This was the first time in my whole life that I ever, ever heard this term. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know we were not um, allowed to speak about others. Not good, not bad. It, it, was, it was shocking. And he spoke about how this, uh, this uh, sin, because it's really an avera, it's a sin, uh, to speak about others, uh, not only distances us from Hashem, but it also creates um, a lot of problems in our lives. And uh, there was a lady that was sitting there and she raised her hand and she said, oh, Rabbi, I'm so sorry. So if we're not allowed to talk about others, what are we going to talk about? And so it might sound a little bit funny, but in reality, yes. And as the saints say, like uh, not nice minds are speaking about people, beautiful minds are speaking about Torah, are speaking about mitzvahs, are speaking about uh, current events in the world. They're talking about interesting things. You don't need necessarily to sit down, have coffee with your friend and be bashing someone else. Uh, it's so, so much that we're not even allowed to speak good about anybody because when you start speaking good about somebody, somebody else is gonna say, oh, really? You think that person's so nice? Well, look what she did to me. And then the Lashonara starts. So the Gemara in Shabbat teaches, there is no creature poorer than a dog and no creature wealthier than a pig. And this is very weird, the Gemara, and Rashi explains, no creature is wealthier than a pig because it can eat any type of food. Like a pig can eat whatever, whatever, even mud. He'll eat anything. And in addition to finding food on its own, people feed it plenty. Whereas a dog, Rashi explains, is poor because a dog is not given large amounts of food. He's given whatever he needs for the day and he's not given too much food. So the Vilna Gaon says that the Gemara is hinting to the wealthiest and, and the poorest mitzvahs. 
the wealthiest and the poorest mitzvahs. The wealthiest and best kept mitzvah is the prohibition of eating a hasir, pork. And, and it's, it's so so that even Jewish people that are assimilated and, and maybe they don't even keep kosher, most Jews will have a problem eating pork and they will abstain themselves from it. So the poorest and least kept mitzvah is the dog, which represents the prohibition of speaking Lashonara. And despite its severity, people are incautious about it, about this prohibition. People know, like, you're speaking about somebody, does it really make you feel good? And like, okay, at the moment, you are the person that everybody's listening to. It gives you a little bit of importance. It makes you see big, feel yourself big in the eyes of others by minimizing someone else. But at the end, you don't feel good. You feel like, oh, why did I have to say that? Why did I have to put somebody down? You know? So it says that the dog represents Lashonara. As the Gemara says, whoever speaks Lashonara, it would be proper that he be thrown to the dogs. Imagine, this is how bad Lashonara is. So the people's leniency isn't because the prohibition isn't severe. In fact, the Or HaHaim HaKodesh writes, nothing distances a person from his creator more than Lashonara. Like, it's really a grievous, grievous, horrible thing to do. And it's one of the things that is the hardest mitzvah to keep, to, to abstain from talking from other people. And, and even if you're not talking something negative about somebody, eventually it's going to end up in becoming something negative. So the Gemara compares Lashonara to the three cardinal sins, idolatry, adultery, and murder. Yet people aren't careful with it. Like imagine if, for, if you would never ever think in your whole life to go and kill someone else. It's like so far away from you. You're, you're, you're a, a decent person. You're a righteous person. Like you would never in your whole life commit this horrible sin. Imagine, but we are very, um, very easy with our words. We are, we don't take care of that. And, and it's compared to that. It's as bad as going and killing somebody. It says, it even says, the sages teach that when you talk about somebody, you're killing three people. You're killing spiritually the person you're talking about. You're killing the person that's listening to you and you're killing yourself. It's like triple murder. And why? Because the person that you're speaking about, like horrible, poor person, like they're talking bad about him, poor person. And then the person that's listening, maybe he doesn't even know this person. And one day he meets this person and in his eyes, he's already no good. And then for you, it also kills your neshama. Once a, a student came to the rabbi and he asked him, you know, a yeshiva, an important rabbi, which I don't, I don't remember the name of the rabbi, but it's a, it's a famous story. He came to a rabbi and says, can you explain to me Lashonara? So the rabbi says to the student, let, let, let's go to the rooftop of the yeshiva, bring your pillow and a pair of scissors. And so the student said, this is strange. And he went up to the rooftop of the yeshiva, the teacher cut the, the, the pillow, the feathers started flying out. And then he said to the student, now go and pick up the feathers. And the student looked at the teacher and says, how am I going to pick up this, the feathers? They blew all over the place. Like, I'm never going to be able to 
to pick up all the feathers. And the rabbi said to the student, this is Lashonara. One word comes out of your mouth and then it, it's, in, it's everywhere and you can never retrieve it. And in today's world with the, with the, with the, with the, with the Instagram and the, all this instant communication, imagine someone says about one person something negative and the whole world knows about it. It's a big problem. It's horrible. Imagine you're that person. It's horrendous. How do you pick it up? How do you clean it up? So, so it's interesting that the last parasha ended up talking Shemini about the kosher animals, what was kosher, what was a, a something, the food that we should eat, the food we shouldn't eat. So taking care so much of what goes inside of our mouths. And in this parasha, what it's telling us, it's not only what you put in, it's what you take out. Kosher doesn't only mean that you eat kosher animals. Kosher means that also what comes out of your mouth is kosher. So every mitzvah has a masal, has a, has a, a, a place, a place, a time, and a, and a, and a knowledge. Lashonara has a very bad masal, very poor masal. As few people take it seriously, it's therefore called the poorest mitzvah. And so the consequences of Lashonara is it's saras. In the days of, of, the, of the Mishkan and the temples, people were in a very high spiritual level and it used to manifest in their skin. The moment a person saw it in his skin, he would run to the Kohen and, uh, and, and go for him to check it out and tell him if you're pure or you're impure. And if a person ended up being a positive of Saras, like today it's COVID positive, but in those days it was Saras positive, he would be quarantined. He had to get out. He had to go somewhere else for a certain amount of time till he healed himself, till he he would go out into the city and start with a, with a, uh, a pancarta, a, a sign saying, I spoke Lashonara, I spoke Lashonara, I spoke Lashonara. It was very humiliating. And he would then quarantine for a certain amount of time till he healed and then he had to purify himself and bring an offering to the temple. So it was not an easy thing to get rid of. Like you had to really, really think it 10 times before you open your mouth. So the consequences of Lashonara were Tzaraz. And Tzaraz can appear either in, in one skin, it can appear, first it appeared in the skin, no, first it appeared in the walls of the in the in the in the furniture, in the clothes. Like Hashem was telling you, hello, hello, close your mouth, be careful. Then at the end it would end up being in your skin and in the walls of your house and you had to demolish your house. It was a whole thing. So this this Saras uh, would manifest itself and Rahim Vital said is one is on one soul. It's not only in the clothes, it's not only in the in the in the skin, it's not only in the walls of your house, in your furniture, it also creates a stain inside of your neshama. And we cannot see these aspects of saras, but saras is present in the neshama. So you know, a Jew, when he does teshuva, when he returns, every everything that he did wrong in his life has you can repent, you can do Teshuvah, and you're going to revert to your essence, and it's clean, and, you're, and it's done. But Kashrut and Lashonara are two things that never can be cleansed in this world. 
Like you can do teshuvah, you can repent, you can stop eating things you shouldn't be eating, you can stop talking about people, you can even go to a person and ask forgiveness if you were saying nasty things about this person to other people, you can go and ask forgiveness and you should be forgiven, it's an important thing, people should be forgiving, they should be merciful. But the stain, that's what Rabbi Haim Vital is saying, it's, it's in the soul. It's like your neshama, your soul is pure. And it's always gonna be pure. But there's things in this world that we do that create stain. And then when the person lives this world, these two averas, these two sins in particular, eh, no matter how much teshuva you did in this world, the stain is, is still in the soul and it has to go through the purgatory, it has to go through a, through a cleansing process before it can ascend to where it's supposed to go. And it's very painful for the soul. It's very painful. So we cannot see the saras today. Today we don't see it in the skin. It's not something that is visible. But nevertheless, uh, we create these stains in our neshama. So today people don't see it, yet it does still exist. It's spiritual. If someone sees saras on the walls of his home, the owner of that home should go to a poem and say, I saw something that appears like saras in my home. He wouldn't go and say to the, to the spiritual doctor who was the Kohen, I saw saras, he would never say this. He says, I saw something that looks like it. So Rashi writes that even a Torah scholar who is certain that it is saras, a person that was very learned and he could see it was saras, because it was a very definite, uh, it was a white mark in the skin that uh, grew white hairs on it, and it was sometimes it was reddish and inflamed. It was very particular. Nevertheless, he should never say, I have saras. He should say, it appears like saras. Why can't he say, I saw saras? Why wouldn't he say this? So Rav Haim Vital explains that the tzaras that see that seen with the physical eyes is only a reflection of the primary plague deep within him on his neshama. And therefore one says, I saw something that appears like saras because he hasn't seen the actual saras on a only a reflection of it. So we were not destined to auto-diagnose um, ourselves. There was no Google in those days. You have to go to the to the to the Kohen, and he was a person of love. He was a person of immense love towards the Jewish people and immense mercy. And this was precisely this is why you went to him because he wouldn't diagnose you with with harshness or severity. He would do it with love. And why can't he say I saw Saras? Reb Haim Vital explains that the Saras that seems that seems with the physical eyes is only the reflection. And so you only saw a reflection, you were not fitted to say, I have saras. The Hofetz Haim writes, and there's a whole book of Lashon uh, HaKodesh, of how we should learn to talk of the Hofetz Haim. It's called A Lesson a Day. I really recommend everybody should have this book in their home. And every day a person should learn um, a little passage of how to refine and, re and, and redirect the way they speak. It's interesting, we're entering into the month of Nisan. Also, in the month of Nisan, the, the sense that rules this month is the sense of speech. So it's, a, it's a auspicious in this month to rectify 
our speech. And Rabbi Hobbes Haim writes, quoting earlier scholars, that in our times, Sadat doesn't show up as a white mark on the skin or as a red blotch on one's clothing. Today, the mark of Sadat is poverty. And it doesn't really mean poverty in a sense of material wealth, but it means poverty of the soul. The, the soul is poor, it's poor. Because why would a person have a need to speak about someone else? The only reason a person speaks about someone else is because he has a low self-esteem. When a person has a low self-esteem, he has a need to speak about other people so he can feel better about himself. But if a person works on his, in, in his self-esteem, he's a rich person. When you see yourself with good eyes and you love yourself and because you are an Eshamayla kid, you are a spark of Hashem, and you see yourself as God, as, as a reflection of God in this world, and you see other people as such, then you're not gonna have a need to be speaking about other people. You're gonna be a rich person, really a rich person. This is what richness means. So the Beis Halevi, Rabbi Soloveitchik, he would often open his Tabak Pushka. I have to, I have to go and Google this word Tabak to see what it is. It's a snuff box. It's a box, a beautiful ornamented box where they used to put like tobacco or spices and smell them and immediately close it. Like he would open and close it. And so one of his students was like perplexed by this. He says, why does he, he doesn't even sniff it. He opens and he closes it. Why does he do this? What, what is he hiding in there? So he had an opportunity and he went and opened the box, the snuff box, and he found that inside it was written Someone who guards his tongue is protecting himself from troubles. And he used to open it all the time to remind himself that when a person closes his mouth, he doesn't speak bad about anybody or about anybody in general, he is protecting himself from troubles. He's protecting himself. So the Beis Halevi would open his notebooks, read the message, and remember to be careful with his speech. And, um, and, and he would remember that it would save him from trouble when you're careful with your speech. You know, in Colombia we say, eh, por la boca, como es, por la boca muere el pez. Through the mouth, the fish dies. You, you make your own bed when you're speaking. You create your own reality. You're, you create it with your speech. God created the world through speech. Speech is something very, very, very valuable, and it has, be, has to be treated as such. Because we are creators like God, and with our speech, we can create a wonderful world, or with a speech, we can destroy the world, and we're seeing this today. It's, it's so sad, the way people speak, and people are destroying the world through their speech. So the Hobot HaLevavot, he reveals that when a person speaks Lashon Hara, an exchange of peers, the speaker's misquotes go to the person he spoke against. Listen to this. Like, imagine, you went today to visit a sick person. So you did a mitzvah. So you have brownie points. You did a mitzvah. So what happens if you go to visit this person, you went with all your heart, you did the mitzvah, you visited, then you go out and have a coffee with a friend and you start talking about bad about someone else whoever, and you start bashing this person. So what happens in the higher realms 
is that your mitzvah of going out and doing bikur holim, of visiting a sick person, goes to the person that you're talking about. about. And so the Hobos HaLevavot writes, if someone speaks Lashon around you, tell him. Tell him. If you hear someone is talking about you, tell him, don't speak about me. Don't speak about me. I love you. I have mercy on you. I feel bad that all your good deeds are being given to me. So you don't lose them. So it said, it's told about one of the Hasidim who sent a bowl filled with fruits to the first person who spoke bad about him with a note attached to that read, the gifts, your mitzvot that you sent me were received. Thank you so much. So another Hasid said, many people will come to their judgment in heaven, 180 years that will go up to, to heaven, and they're gonna be showing you a vera, sins that you didn't commit. I never did that. It happened to be, it was what, from the person you were speaking bad about. They give that to you and they give them your good deeds. So they will say, we never did this. They will be told they were performed by the people who spoke Lashonara on you. Like the person that was spoken about is gonna go up and he's gonna be given all these mitzvot and he's gonna be applauded for this. He says, I never did this. He says, no, there was a person speaking bad about you. We gave you his mitzvot. So on the other hand, those who spoke Lashonara will discover that they are missing mitzvot. And some people will find averos that they never committed. They will complain, we never did these averos. And they will be answered, these were given to you because of Ploni and Ploni, whom you spoke against, and it states, return to our neighbor's bosom sevenfold the disgrace, and they disgraced you. So we ourselves are the architects of our lives. Whatever goes in our lives, we are the creators of it, really. Uh, I tell you, it's not an easy mitzvah to fulfill. It's very hard, especially when we live in a society that is so social. And there's so many juicy stories going around. Uh, but really, when you abstain yourself, when you bite your tongue, and you're going to say something, and you, you, you hold it, and you, and you don't say it, you are rewarded uh, commensurately. It's, it's incredible. I remember my mother-in-law, may she rest in peace, Sarah Batlea. Uh, she was not observant, but she learned the laws of Lashonara with me because I would never allow her to tell me stories about what was going on. And I, I usually used to tell her, no, no, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know about other people. Let's talk about us. And one day she's ready to tell me a story about somebody or something that happened. And she said, I have to tell you what happened. And then suddenly she says, she stops and she says, let me think about it. I think it's Lashonara. She stops on her tracks and she says, I think it's Lashonara. Maybe I better not say it. And she didn't say it. And so this is such a merit, you know, to be able to have this in your, it's ready to go out, but you're able to sustain it and say, no way, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. It's, it goes against the Torah. It goes against Hashem. If I do Lashonara, instead of being closer to him, I'm going to be far away from him. And in reality, the whole purpose of, of us being in this world is to get close to Hashem. So if we're doing things that instead of getting us close to him, gets, gets us separated from him, uh, what's the point? So uh, I want to leave you here. I want to bless you with a new month of Nisan, that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is coming soon. I hope you have a blessed, blessed new month. 
Uh, it should be a month of renewal, it should be a month of liberation, of miracles, open, revealed goodness in our life. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.